Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at Burrow.com slash ACAST. That's Burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. The Square Ball Podcast. Hello, welcome, welcome, welcome. Weekly show, Dan, Michael, Rob. In a show that's brought to you with uh, Levi Solicitors. Absolutely is, yep. Still. Mm-hmm. Still going with it. They're still hanging on in there, despite your shambolic reads every time, plugging their services. Mm. But people know what they are now, because of my shambolic reads, so kind of worked, hasn't it? In many ways, you're the good guy. Well done me, patting <laughs> myself on the back. That is high performance. <laughs> Why are your non-negotiables? Are they wills, probate and conveyancing? Always. Yep. Yeah. I want them every time. Loads of people moving house at this time of year. If you are, if you're on the market, conveyancing got to have it you mean you literally I've got to have it yeah. someone to do the contracts and you're not restricted to stuff. using you're not restricted to using Levi's if you're in Leeds by the way you can uh, use them from around the country because they have a website they have ability to work via that website at a distance mm-hmm. it's good isn't it the internet yeah it's good oh what an invention is that a new thing <laughs> yeah it's caught on it's gonna go off big time in 2024 good stuff that's quite a, a hot take you've, you've had there Michael thank you if you want to find Levi's solicitors on that internet Head to http colon. I'm oh, sorry, https. It'll be now on it colon mm. slash slash www.levisolicitors.co.uk. Then you put a uh, slash, slash yeah slash main underscore html. <laughs> no, no, <laughs> and, Just, and I put this into Google, right? Is that how it works? <laughs> the square ball. Yeah, levisolicitors.co.uk forward slash the square ball for details on that. Thank you to Levi's for their support. Should we get into uh, the weekly chat then? which is a roundup of stuff that's happened. We've spoken about Luke Ayling on the separate Luke Ayling show, which should be in your feed before this, so we don't probably need to repeat, repeat ourselves there. Miss you, Luke. You still missing him? Still miss him. Yep. Miss Jed Spence? Well, let's talk about that. We've done a bit on the member show as well on right-backs this week, which will be coming out after the Cardiff game, I think, and just about falling in love with right-backs. We never fell in love with Jed Spence, but I felt like we had the potential to. But what an odd career arc he's had. Having gone back to Spurs and then straight out to Genoa, because you can't play for three clubs in one year. So if they wanted to kind of get him out of their hair, he had to go out to another club. He couldn't just stay at Spurs or play any minutes for them. So feels like very old news, this, doesn't it, Jed Spence? Mm. But it was it all happened quite quickly. It was the day we recorded, wasn't it, last uh, last week? I think the show went out. Yeah. And then about an hour or two afterwards... I mean, as is always the way. Like, I'm, I'm so glad that we've signed the right-back that we're going to have signed immediately after this show comes out mm. that we haven't been able to talk about. What do you think of him? Uh, he's good. He's he's Welsh. Yep. I think that's good. Yeah. Um, good strong start. And well, you have to narrow it down because that's the whole squad now. <laughs> yeah, we're on link with Welsh right backs, aren't we? But for for now, well, a week ago anyway, it was Jed Spence was our right back. But um, yeah, surprising that he that he gone back. Um, How old is he now? Twenty three. Yeah. You get the feeling that he's going to get to like thirty or whatever, and just go, oh shit. He's the same age as Ampadu, and right. you contrast them two. Mm. I think they are two careers going in very different directions. It feels like. Yeah, it's just a shame as well that you don't have the... I mean, when you're 23 or whatever, you don't have the presence of mind. You can't, just by definition, have the, the wisdom of somebody who's in middle age, but you just want to say to him, look, don't chuck this one in the bin. Mm. You must notice him 
that he's not playing many games of football though. And I think as a if that's your job, I think at some point you'd be like, ah. Well, that's the questions around the attitude. It's going to be a problem at some point. Is he more caught up in the trappings of the lifestyle and the money versus the actual playing side of it? Because one stops eventually if you don't do the other. Mm. It is a bit of a recurring theme, isn't it? Even when we signed him, I was looking back at some athletic stuff about when Spurs signed him. And they were sort of repeating some of their attitude problems he had with Warnock. But then I just sort of think, well, if Warnock Warnock thinks you're a wanker, you're probably doing something right. Mm. But then even at Forest, there was a tale, basically from January, he seemed to know that he was off to Spurs. But Forrest played an FA Cup game on the telly and the rest of his teammates were really pissed off at him because they thought that he just took it upon himself. Like, right, I'm on the telly. I'm going to get a big move. I'm just going to play for myself here. And then at Leeds, it just didn't happen for him, did it? I thought, you know, a bad injury at the wrong time. But then that game when he came back was against Blackburn mm. and he just played as a left winger and left Jaden Anthony to be left back. And it was a bit of a red flag where you go, it's not a great look that when it's like you first came back and there's a lot of expectation and you're just kind of ignoring what you're meant to be doing. Mm. And I mean, it's, it's fine for a footballer not to care, but ultimately you won't care, you won't get very far, will you, if that's the case? I suppose there are there are tales of footballers who are not interested in football like David Batty, but didn't translate on the pitch, did it, I suppose? Like you, we kind of sort of subsequently learned he's not into football. Yeah, but even if you treat it as a job, yeah, you're, you're still, you're still be professional with yeah, it, I suppose. Lean into it. Don't I think you? With, with Spence, I can see it could have gone a different way if once he gets in the team, if he's in the team in his favourite position and he gets on a run maybe it pans out differently for him because he's he's happy. Whereas being injured, probably just kind of going home a bit. There's no point in being in training. Your weekends are free because you've yeah. got games. Rehabilitation's boring. Yeah. So maybe, I don't know, maybe it pans out differently if it, if it goes another way from here and he doesn't get the injury. But as it is, we never saw anything at Leeds that made him worth keeping, I wouldn't say particularly. We know he does have ability in him is the thing. He's just not shown it very much, has he? And I, I, I do really like the way Farkas dealt with this, the way he's just gone, this isn't working. I don't think it's worth the hassle. Mm. See you later. We'll crack on and maybe sign someone else. I mean, we do need to sign someone else. But yeah, I quite like that he's just gone, nah, let's mm. just do something else. I, mean, I feel sorry for Spence in a way because Spurs do do this. Like they buy people without a real plan. Like bought, Jack Clark. Jack Clark, yeah. Rodon. They buy these people yeah. out of the championship because they go, oh, he they seem young and promising. It's like, are you going to play him? Now nah, we'll just send him out on loan and probably do well. And then they'll come back and play for us in like a year or two. You, you but wonder how, it's not, it never feels like it. Yeah, you wonder how much of that is Daniel Levy as well because I think Levy, it was Levy who signed Jack Clark, wasn't it? it was, and uh, was it Pochettino was there at the time? Mm. Just had no particular, like, I'm not going to play him. So, mm. well done. I think Spence joining Tottenham, I think that was uh, Greta Steinson maybe that signed mm. him there and it was more of a club signing than a manager signing. But I mean, Everyone does it. We do it, don't we? Look at Sonny Perkins and JB and players like that. You know, yeah. it's not unique yeah. to. Spe- you're club, speculating to accumulate, isn't it? Yeah. But, and, and some of them work, some of them don't. And I suppose you've taken a 20 million punt on Jed Spence. It doesn't work out. If they can get 10 million back for him, all right, it's a 10 million hit, but clubs waste loads more money than that just hiring and firing managers, don't they? So and, Spurs and, being a, yes. a <laughs> real, uh, real experts in the field. Yeah. Strange business is football, isn't it? Have you seen who he's going to be playing with at Genoa? Oh, is it Vieira? No. No. Right era, at Leeds. No. Go on. <sighs> Caleb Ekiban. Oh, right. Yeah. Which I sort of think, fair play, I'd like to do that. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Just go um, live in Italy, right? Can he score goals yet, Ekiban? Because that, that's the thing at Leeds, he always looked kind of good until mm. he got in front of goal and you were like, ah, okay. I think he can score goals in some leagues. Right. Mm. Fair enough. I've completely forgotten about Ekiban. I was thinking, 
all the Italian players we had there are too old to still be knocking around like he's not Belushi or anyone, is it? But mm. yeah, okay. See how it goes from. We're at an interesting point in the window, aren't we, from a Leeds United perspective? Coming around for the middle of the month with the departure of two right backs in the form of Ailing and Spence, there's that growing anxiety around Leeds not moving because we've seen fullback positions be neglected in the past. Just sign a left back, by the way. If you could just sign a left back, that'd be super. Sign a right back. One of each now. But if we sign two left backs, we can pretend, Sam, well, we, we can pretend Sam Byram is a right back. So he can be a right back. Mm. But at the moment, he needs to be a left back because we ain't got enough of them. I think he, he classes himself as a left back now, doesn't he? He can definitely do both, though. Yeah, when he's fit. And that's the that's the mm. danger, isn't it? Is um, going into the second half of the season without quite enough resources in the fullback positions. It does feel like a very Leeds United January in that we went into it just going, just sign a left back, it's fine, just get a left back. And now we're <laughs> we ditched two 11 right days into it. And now we need a left yeah. back and at least one right back. Like, yeah. at, at the minute, the squad is weaker than it was at the start of the month mm. which is a worry yeah it's alright that we're just signing all the Welshmen mm. yeah looking through some of the potential incomings Connor Roberts Welsh right back Nico Williams Welsh right back Kiefer Moore Welsh striker do you think Chris like, Mepham you know, on, Welsh um, centre back they're the only players we've been linked with do you think they're, like, they're watching these players on like Y Scout and they don't realise they've still got the Welsh filter today. <laughs> <laughs> what coincidence not many players are this there? is weird isn't it yeah Hardly any fullbacks available. <laughs> it's an interesting um, dilemma what we do at, f- at the fullback, but they're the obvious ones. Even more interesting to me is what do we do going forward? Do they stick with what we've got? Do they add that extra body? Because the discussion around kind of an advanced midfielder on number 10 has quietened off a little bit with all this right-back chat. And, and I'm interested to see what they want to do there. Because Bro- Brooks has been linked at Bournemouth, but he's not necessarily a number 10, is he? I think we're going to sign Kiefer Moore and play him as a number 10, <laughs> even though it's a a massive grizzled with his, with championship his mo- with his mobility and his pace I think I think Farke's going to be like nope I think it can work I know you didn't like Joel Perot there wait till you see this <laughs> <laughs> big flick-ons from the number 10 exactly. position <laughs> exactly <laughs> do you want to see us get that extra body in there I think it'd be um, a decent move wouldn't it I think it would help I'm glad that like there was talk about Fabio Carvalho at Liverpool and he's gone to hold but I don't think things where they like demand any place a certain amount of minutes just we need to avoid things like that because it doesn't work like that, does it? We would they were in Ketia. But um I still think fullback's just the, the crucial one. Mm. Well, the crucial two, I guess. Yeah, and Nico Williams is being rumoured, isn't he? But he and he actually was Jed Spencer's replacement at Forest, wasn't he? So we're gonna we're going through I don't know who's who's the Nico Williams replacement we're gonna get in, in a few it, years. In a few years. Yeah. I don't, I'm not quite sure which way that's gonna go. It's like Russian dolls sort of situation. But he'd be fine, wouldn't he? Connor Roberts would be fine. These are all fullbacks you name in, so yeah, cool. <laughs> yeah, just just a solid championship fullback will be good for now. Mm. I'd be happy with that. Yeah, yeah. I just want Archie Gray to have options, or to give us options in midfield. Well, and when he was pushed into midfield at Peterborough, he looked good. And okay, it's, it's Peterborough, which is a lower standard of opposition than the championship by definition, but he looked good, didn't he? And it was nice to see him back there. Yeah. He's done all right at right back, certainly at Ellen Road. Obviously, it's the way games he's found difficult. It does feel as well like if Jamie Shackleton is ever going to be a Leeds United player this is his chance but mm. the way it tends to go with Shackleton is that he you know he sort of warms into it starts to look promising and then gets injured for four weeks mm. or something so who knows Cresswell falls into that similar sort of bracket to uh, to Shackleton is he ever going to actually make it at Leeds that feels fairly distant right now doesn't it and he's been linked to moves away you saw Richard Cresswell his dad who's also his agent making noises ahead of the Peterborough game what's the best way to describe them expressing his disappointment that his son wasn't in the squad should we say it was the game where you thought, well, this might be his last chance. Maybe he'll get a start in this if he does well. 
maybe he finds his way back in from this, but then to not even be in the squad, even though we've continuing to f- just flog Ampadu by making him change position and saying, oh, well, he can fill in there for a, for this game. Um, yeah, it's kind of, it looks over for him. Well, there's an interesting thing that I do wonder when you you bracket him and, and like Joffy's being linked to both Celtic and Rangers. You could, I mean, we could do a job share there and do both mm. of them at the same time. They'd love that. He's been, up there. he's been linked to Plymouth. JB also been heavily linked to Plymouth. You wonder, are they trying to maybe just create that little bit of profit and sustainability headroom like within the, the wage bill, you know, by moving a few fringe players around and, you know, those that are not really getting minutes, can we afford to sacrifice them in order to bring in several left-backs and several right-backs that Michael wants? <laughs> but, you know, like Charlie Cresswell, he's going to be all profit and sustainability profit if he was to yeah. move out, isn't he? That's the thing. I mean, yeah. what, what's the talk on him? Is it that he's going to go out on loan or is it a permanent thing? I mean, it's all complete rumours. I'm not sure I've seen anyone actually reputable suggest a definite move move for him either on loan or permanent just that he is looking to get out it seems to be the gist of it but yeah I mean the sale at this point I mean he's, he's old enough that you think well and he's played enough football you think well if we and, and we're in the championship now so you think well, if we're not going to use him now realistically are we ever gonna yeah it, it's weird like I would like him to stay mainly because if he does go it feels like we need to sign another centre-back as well but I think the thing at Peter was, was that Farker named Cooper on the bench ahead of him and I think he admitted afterwards that Cooper just wasn't fit and wasn't going to play mm. and you think well that doesn't feel right like I, it's weird I feel like we're still getting used to having a squad because it's something like it'll, it's a luxury we've not had for years mm. but at the same time Cresswell is at that point where it's like are we ever going to play him because if we're not it's pointless in being here really. yeah he's 21 he had played 28 games in the championship last year it's his time surely if he's going to be and if he's going to be a next year because Cooper's not, if we don't trust him this year, is he going to be any better next year having he not play, played? He, he plays on the same side as Rodon. So. And, then, and then are we going to have to just, we're just going to end up buying someone else next year anyway. And then he's in exactly the same position. So I don't know. It feels like it's, as much as I want it to work for him here, it feels like he's probably going to leave. It is based on absolutely nothing before people start, you know, accusing me of knowing something. I know nothing. <laughs> you listen to this for a while. Yeah, I was going to say any long-term listener of you would know. I mean, you will know, but yeah. you know, like Phil Ant told us, doesn't yeah. he's, he's told us all the players are signing, but we can't tell you those. Just talking about Plymouth, we got them in the FA Cup as you predicted, Rob. Although we did predict an away tie, didn't we, when we were chatting on the match ball about that? Still time for the replay, don't you worry? Yeah, I'll be, true. I think we picked about four teams, didn't we, that we were going to draw, so... Actually, if we did draw against them on the 27th, the replay... Do, are there definitely... FA replays the replay would presumably be the midweek assuming they are it'd be the 6th 7th wouldn't it and then we'd come back play Rotherham and then go down to Plymouth again <laughs> that's a very lazy thing to do isn't it that would be yeah we'll end up resting some players and then it becomes completely self-defeating because we don't have an extra game mm. no we won't do that Farker's not the type as he, as he proved at Peterborough he wants to get these things won and done doesn't he I must admit like obviously it was very nice that we had a home draw and then my immediate reaction was, can I be asked to go to this? <laughs> <laughs> Come on. After all that weight and all that... Imagine I'm going to make myself a little FA Cup out of tinfoil. Yeah. Nice. We don't have many opportunities, do we, Ellen Rhodes? I think what, are you going to back it? Are you going to put some card or are you yeah. just going to make it? Are you gonna, yeah. Why don't you make a 3D FA Cup oh, just out of foil? foil. Yeah. Mm. Full, I want it full size. I get the foil from Costco, so it's... It's about that wide. It's really the really good stuff. It was uh, the original FA Cup, I think, was made by, was it Fatterini's in, in Bradford? So I think Fat Arenas is still knocking about. You could go down there and... This is, um, this is just Bradford knowledge. No one else knew that. Go down there and say to him, hey, look, I'm going to make myself an FA Cup. 
out of tinfoil. I know you probably did yours out of silver or whatever you, you did that's expensive. You cup lad. stuff. Yeah, cup stuff, yeah. Could you just give me some pointers or could I put my tinfoil into the same mould that you used? Mm. I think that's how they do it, Still got it? it, yeah. Yeah, just pop it in the mould. Okay, I'll ask them. I'll yeah. look into it. Elsewhere, we've been moved a load for TV. And you've, is this you on the sheet here, Michael? Cheers, you dicks. <laughs> uh, away at Plymouth, I mean, we just mentioned it there. Yeah, hideous. That's the real dick move, isn't it? Jesus. Half past 12. I think there's one train that gets in before kickoff, and if it's delayed... No, I think, I think the first one gets in at quarter to two. I thought someone had said you could get there before kickoff, oh, but right. if the train's delayed by like 10 minutes... But to get that train, you, you have to fly to Amsterdam, fly <laughs> back from Amsterdam to Exeter Airport and get a train from there. Is that yeah, the... And it's still probably cheaper than the, the train in the first place. Yeah. So We played Plymouth at home. That was at 3pm, wasn't it? Yes. And they had to sell for like four in the morning, didn't they? Mm. Cool. Yeah, it was the lad on propaganda, wasn't it? I think he'd been up at four and the coaches yeah. left like five or six or whatever. So. Nice, nice fan-friendly trip. In related news, apparently Sky have like said to the club, Look, just on the QT, anything you could do about the Sky TV is fucking shit, <laughs> Chance. Do you know what the club said back to them? Stop moving games. Stop moving the fixtures, yeah. <laughs> if you don't want Leeds fans to sing that, stop making him get up in the middle of the night to go to Plymouth. Yeah, it's fair enough. Yeah, it's like an, it's like an obvious solution to the obvious problem. Mm. I don't like a, I don't like a 12.30 kickoff for a home game either, to be clear. Just a shit atmosphere. Everyone's up far too early. You don't want to leave the house at like half 10, do you, for football? It feels wrong, unless you go to a pub. But to have to get to have to like actually head towards the ground like in the morning, it's not right at all. And while we're talking about Cox, hey, 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 we are saying farewell. We'll we'll sign off this section by saying farewell to Robin Cox and thank him, but more specifically his social media team for a really heartfelt departure message. My time in Leeds was one of the best and most important in my life. I'm pleased he's had a nice time because we had a shite time, didn't we, for most of it. I gained valuable experience for my career and my life and made many new friends. I will always have very positive memories of the whole club and will always keep my fingers crossed. Thanks for everything. All the best! Exclamation mark. Haven't he done this before? Yeah, yeah. He did it in the summer. <laughs> Why are we doing this again? Because he's definitely going to Frankfurt, isn't he? So he's not forgetting about us, or his people are not forgetting about had us. He been, had he been pondering a new contract to this point, had he? He's yeah. like, I'm going to go out on loan for the final year of my contract, but maybe come January I'll sign a new one. No, Robin Cock. Contrast what's happened this week. Luke Ayling has left with this heartfelt goodbye that's completely authentic. On the other side of this, we've had Jesse Marsh flapping his fucking gums, talking about things that didn't happen at Leeds, but if they had happened, then things would have turned out differently. Mm. Shut up. And then this, this robotic fucking nonsense. And I, I realised, I view Robin Cock as a robot. Because he's got a very angular face. Did you ever really see him on like an LUTV interview? Did he ever say anything that humanised him? Or was he just this creature that ran onto the pitch did some stuff for a bit and then went <laughs> referred to him as a creature it's funny for some reason <laughs> he just he, he just never he assumed, well he assumed his human form when he came on the pitch yeah. you saw him dressing room scampering around he was on all fours <laughs> yeah he put his mask on and come out come out on his toes he never struck me as a real human being he's not somebody if, if I bumped into him in he Leeds, did apparently do good like community stuff in fairness oh, of course I, did, yeah. I did see people pointing that out he was just like a German hipster wasn't he which was mm. kind of when it, things were going alright it was kind of fun but I, I described in, in the daily email as like the, the most inoffensive of all the shite bags to leave in the summer mm. but it's not exactly a compliment when he was at Leeds for three years and I'm still like I don't know what you're good at mm. I don't really necessarily know what you're terrible at but it's been a pretty shit time those three years yeah. you've just been there yeah. he was a very composed defender on the face of it because he was never he never seemed to be rushed, but sometimes he should have rushed because there was a player like a yard away just stroking the ball into a net and you were like, 
could have maybe been a bit quicker there. Well, I, 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 know you, well, I know you're trying to trying to look like Franz Beckenbauer, strolling around, you know, running it, running the game from the back, playing out. Speaking of which, I hope there's no minute silence. I don't think they'll <laughs> risk it. I don't think they'll risk it at Leeds United. But um, I look at him and I contrast him with, with Joe Rodon. And Joe Rodon is a grizzled championship human bastard. <laughs> and I mean that in, a, in a, like a very complimentary way. Like, I feel like I understand him. I can I can see the human in him. Chucks himself about. Yeah. Body on the line kind of stuff. And Robin Cock was just kind of gliding around following his programming. Do you remember in the first season up though, we didn't sign Ben White and we got Cock and Urente for sort of the same money we were talking about there. For a time it looked all right. For a time it looked all right. When we were finishing ninth and we finished the season and we kept a load of clean sheets and stuff, you were like, probably good business actually that. Can we to an extent forgive this shower of bastards for the complete derailment of things post-Bielsa and that it probably brought out the worst in them and it's exposed them in the worst way as well because they all jumped ship as soon as we went down. I mean, Cock was... I think he avoids the sort of full rat tag because he did at least have a season where we were okay he hung around for a while didn't he whereas the ones that arrived last summer and left straight away that was just a full in fuck stuff up leave while it's all on fire (laughs) is how it felt Max Verber was here for 10 minutes yeah and like Aronson and Christensen it felt like they arrived with a bit of fanfare and then as soon as it was clear things were going bad they were clearly on the phone to their agents at some point in like March going you need to get something lined up for me I'm not I'm not fucking sticking around. It's a right mess. <laughs> I'm not having this. I'm quite grateful though to these Bundesliga clubs signing our shit defenders. Cause I think is it Gladbach where Verber is? I think they've got like one of the worst defensive mm-hmm. records in the league, and yet they're still talking him up as like a good player. And then Cock at Frankfurt, it was their first friendly back after the winter break the other day, and he scored the opener. But then they conceded five goals in thirty in the space of thirty minutes. So mm-hmm. I think. Yeah, it's, it's weird that other teams like rating these players that we absolutely hate. I mean, this might be a discussion for a future week, depending on if it happens or not. But uh, Juventus to PSG, did you see that one coming? <laughs> yeah, what? What? I mean, they were linked with um, Strauch as well, weren't they? I mean, I like Strauch. I didn't see him as being that calibre, but has Victor Otto got a job there? <laughs> it can be the only real explanation for all this, but... He might need one soon. If Yeah, that's true. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. 
Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Well, the TSB jury is assembled. The court is in session as we look to name a Ken Bates villain of the week, a Gitano Barati hero of the week, and we can take some cheap shots, assign some petty grievances, throw people under the bus, doff a cap in the positive sense, you know, give out some formal commendations for good behaviour. We'll start with the um, the Villain of the Week Award, the Ken Bates Villain of the Week Award, and I will ask you each to step up and say who you want to be the Villain of the Week, and we will discuss the merits of it and vote on it. Very thin week for villains. Really? I'd say so. Jesse's been talking. <sighs> I'm trying not to nominate Jesse now every time he talks, because he'd just be up every week. Mm. And I've I made a promise multiple, to myself. Multiple times a yeah. week. Yeah. I made a promise to myself that I'm not going to read or listen to any more of his interviews. I am now intrigued by this Simon Jordan one, just because Simon Jordan has spent the last two years saying how terrible a football manager Jesse Marsh is. Somebody, and- just, somebody needs to give him a job. It's so obvious yeah. he's, he's touting for a job mm. at this time of year. Just give him a job so we can see it either collapse or succeed. Which do you think is more likely? I think collapse. Depends on the level. Mm. I'm sure there's a certain league and standard in which his methods will work. But there's an interesting kind of dilemma that he faces now because I think he thinks of himself probably as a lower-end Premier League manager. I think he thinks of himself as a higher-end Premier League manager. <laughs> Do you think? I think he thinks that he was. we were on the way there. Whereas football probably considers him differently. So wherever you think that particular dice falls, I think he thinks he's better than football recognises he is. <laughs> And where does he go? Do, do the, where do the two overlap? It's like a Venn diagram, isn't it? And he's going to end up at one of those. It's like that Venn diagram of clubs Frank Lampard thinks he should manage, mm. clubs too sensible for to hire Frank Lampard, so on and so forth. And Lampard, is, there's now nothing on that for Lampard, is there? No. It's, it's think, amazing how quickly those opportunities dry up. I think yeah. Everton and Newcastle, when that Venn diagram was first made, were the only two that were maybe on it as options for him and not anymore. So I, I do wonder if Jesse is just talking himself out of more jobs here. Because every interview he does, he just kind of exposes himself as knowing fuck all, basically, <laughs> and just doing a terrible job. And we know that he spoke to Leicester and Southampton, and they spoke to him, and then were like, maybe not, actually. Mm, yeah. And it, uh, I mean, we know anecdotally that Southampton basically laughed him out of the room. Just like, yeah, no, you're not offering that. Yeah, it's not you. <laughs> <laughs> Give it to the guy in the turtleneck whose name we don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, are you putting him forward then or not? Who's the, who's the nomination? Well, I wasn't going to nominate him, but I was going to nominate another villain from last year in Weston McKenney, who mm. is the cover star of 8x8 magazine, which is a very good magazine published in the States, but I did suggest in the Daily Email. That eight and eight, that's what he did at Leeds. <laughs> I think they're just running out of cover stars because they can't really put Brendan on there or Tyler Adams at the minute. But yeah, he's just gone on about how crap he was at Leeds and how he let people down and how much like we're hearing from players like Robin Cock and Mark Rocker, how beneficial that was for him. <laughs> nice one, Weston. Really appreciate that, mate. The lack of self-awareness is pretty staggering with some of these people in football, isn't it? Like, this, it was great for me personally, Robin Cock. No one cares about that. The, the transaction is you come and put on our shirt and do your very best and hopefully try and achieve something mm. and we'll get behind you while that's happening. We don't really care whether it's beneficial for you or not, just in the same way you don't really care about the fans either. Mm. Yeah, shut up. All of you. <laughs> if you played for Leeds United last year, how about you just shut up? Apart from Luke Ayling. Luke Ayling's fine. He was here for a long time. He's yeah. got credit. I was going to say, we do care if it's beneficial for them. Because in the case of Luke Ayling, 
being a Leeds United player has really benefited him mm. and we've loved it because it's benefited us at the same time. Whereas... Yeah, I mean, like, we, I don't care if it benefits you in terms of getting a move to Eintracht Frankfurt mm. or succeeding at Juventus. You can go bollocks. Mm. Yeah, I if, think it's, it's, if it's fine for us, Rob, yeah, you're right. Leave on, you can leave, though. That's the thing, like Rafinha left and Phillips left. I don't think anyone was upset about... Well, people were upset about it, but they didn't begrudge them it, did they? Whereas no. I just sort of go, oh, you don't deserve anything. You people, from, you should all be like on loan in the conference somewhere by rights, but there you are being all successful. Well done. Yeah, well I done, think, everyone. I feel like McKenney is finally acknowledging that, yeah, I was a shithouse and I've mm. really let people down, but there's still no like contrition to that. It's just like, whatever, I'm in Italy now. Who yeah, cares? Landed on my feet. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, fair enough. Fair enough. Who are you going for, Michael? I mean, Darren Ferguson's the obvious one because he's Darren Ferguson. But did he do anything really? I, I mean, I mean, th- this is the thing. If you caught the show with Phil, where we were discussing this, he was saying that because Peterborough don't have a press room, there was no like sit down with both managers mm. press conference, or there certainly wasn't one available in the wake of this game. So they didn't really get a chance to speak to Ferguson. Like they did the stuff with Leeds, the Leeds camp pitch side. So they didn't get a chance to sort of question Darren Ferguson. And I've not taken the time and gone to the trouble of reading what he said in the local press. So I assume he took the the defeat very graciously, and we've not seen, we've certainly not seen any noise around it, have we? To suggest that he's been he's been flapping his gums and got mm. upset or cried again, yeah, which is a shame. Yeah, maybe that's why he's a villain because he didn't do any of that. Because mm. I've even I did see that he even backtracked on his moaning about the opening goal, where he was like, mm. "Our defenders should have just dealt with it. It's not an excuse." And I was like, "Oh, what a letdown you are! <laughs> Start crying. What's wrong with you?" I'm not sure he was. Com- was he complaining to the ref? Did he think the ref had? blown then for that because he was definitely upset on the bench wasn't he when it happened just but... upset about something yeah I mean there are a, a couple of people did nominate the dickhead ref actually right. R- Rubens and Tom it was Sam uh, Sam Allison was the ref who we also had against Swansea the ref's dickheadedness didn't impact us did it because we, we won comfortably was... in the end it was it was inconsequential if the non penalty was needed you could say well, you know, it didn't matter did it so yeah. and you know I always like to go get personal with the referees as well. Look at something in the character that I don't like. Yeah. Oh, he's worked as a firefighter, has he? Right, well done. Yeah. Saving lives and that, now being a referee. What do you want, a medal? Oh, you've got one. Well done. <laughs> well done. Pathetic. Yeah. <laughs> Sarah, who was at Peterborough, actually wants to nominate herself. Was in with the home fans, started celebrating Pat's goal. Gave mm. herself away, didn't she, Dafty? Was it her that got thrown out? I hope so because you shouldn't go in with the home fans. That's a very bad thing to do. At least you saw it though. I know a lot of a lot of Leeds fans have been honest enough to say they were still having a drink, having a piss, whatever. That little bit of the, nothing ever happens to start of the second half, does it? I'll be back at my seat in a few minutes. Missed it as I did. I mean, I was only watching it on telly, so it's not exactly the same. But you know, you know what they say about people watching on the telly. I was not in the room, was I? Yeah, <laughs> no. I wasn't even watching on the telly. I was getting a, I was getting a coffee. Just terrible. But yeah, I do feel like I slightly missed the moment there. So have you missed that and you missed Pablo's against West Brom, didn't you? Yes. Right. You just need to stay out of the way. He does. I got in just in time to see Jordan Rhodes score after like a minute against for Blackburn, I think that was. That was good. That was the first thing I saw as I, as I stepped into the stadium. Just saw the ball hitting the net and went, great stuff, I might just go on. turn around. Yeah. <laughs> I'm prepared to give this one a Petty Grievance Award. Sam, not Byram wants to nominate Peter, Peterborough specifically for, for not being able to afford a nice stadium with lots of places to have cameras. Mm. Very few angles of that goal from Paddy going in. I mean, that's, not, that's not how he describes Paddy's goal. We don't need to start dropping C-bombs <laughs> in here, Rob. We're a, we're a family show. A thunder character. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Give it to Jesse. <laughs> Did you even nominate Jesse? No, I nominated uh, oh, Weston McKenney. McKenney. That was it, yeah. Yeah, yeah. give it to him. There is a question, by the way, from Alice. 
is Alice allowed to vote for Joey Barton? No, no. Don't give him the... He's, yeah. he's, always, he's doing this for attention. Yeah, it's just such an obvious grift, isn't it? I mean, he is, to mention C-bombs, he, has, he does have a long history of this, does Joey Barton, of just being a knob about more or less everything. An objectionable But he's, he's now doing it. I mean, he probably does believe it, but he's doing it more than he actually believes it because he's promoting a thing. You want an audience. He's doing, yeah. he's doing a GB News thing, probably. Yeah. Just trying to get some people to be bothered. It's tedious, isn't it? Yeah. So let's avoid him. Well, let's never mention him again, shall we? Who are we going for? Sorry. You're, you're deciding, aren't you? Well, who are you saying? Oh, he's convinced me. Give it to Weston McKennie. McKennie? Interesting. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah, for his crimes in history, historical crimes. Um, and that, that sounds worse than it. <laughs> Have I, I overstated it there? Um, yeah. Over egg the pudding, gilded the lily, crimes, if you will. Crimes against Leeds United. Yes. Not actual crimes. No, God, no. That we're aware of. No. No. Right, okay. Peterborough's uh, scores on the doors for the players. Pat Bamford's coming out with a 9.38 out of 10 mm. average from our TSB Plus members. Thank you if you voted and scored them. Ethan Ampadu not far behind. Farker scoring well. Again, it was just the subs who scored low, but they were all around sort of six, so nobody came out of it badly. If we'd have known it was Luke Ayling's last game, he would have managed higher than 6.59. That's true. And he could have actually been our player of the season if... Uh, if things had gone right, nah, he, he had we had work to do. Oh, he yeah. was um, he was, he was he running did, running a sub six average there. Yeah, he has he has played a lot of games this year, albeit mainly off the bench without much chance. Still, little Jimmy Somerville at the top there, despite not playing at Peterborough. Mm-hmm. Seven point two eight out of uh, ten average. Ampadu second, Road on third, Dan James fourth. Chris Clarson, our new candidate for Player of the mm-hmm. Year, he's dropping unfortunately. Yeah, so we shall uh, we shall see, shall we? There and uh, right, the Gitano Barardi Hero of the Week award. We shall factor those scores into that. And Pat Bamford has to be presumably one of your candidates for Hero of the Week here. I did think this was a two-horse race. Him and what? Him and Ailing. Him and Ampadu. Right. Then Ailing left. So it's probably late. It's probably Luke Ailing. Paddy was a contender last week, wasn't it? And we gave him. We gave it to Rutter. You can't score a goal that good and not mm. get it. I feel like Ailing's kind of a lifetime achievement award, isn't it? Mm. But Paddy's goal again. I think you said on one of the previous shows we didn't talk about it enough on the match ball. But it is difficult to know what to say other than fucking hell. <laughs> Where the hell did that come from? Yeah, speaks for, and because there was not much other involvement in it either. Sometimes with goals, you can break them down for ages. You can go, oh, and that was nice. He peeled off there and it created the space for Suns. Big ball forward, twatted it in. In some ways, it's a really basic goal. But so there's not brilliant, but brilliant in its basic nature. So there's not yeah. much to talk about. But yeah. it's just go fucking hell. <laughs> there's um, Look at that. a clip's been doing around this morning from his podcast with Joe Wilkinson where he says he got in touch with Gary Lineker last season to just ask him for advice about how to score some goals and stuff. But Lineker would have taught him that. He never scored no. a goal like that in his entire life, has he? Lineker would have said, said stay within the width of the six-yard box, just hang around the goal. Do you know what? I really, something in. I really like and respect Pat for doing that, if that's true. Mm. Just and, like trying to hoover up data and, and, and knowledge from other people and learn from the best. And Lineker was saying he's the first footballer that's ever got in touch with him to say, have you got any advice about playing as a striker? Which seems ridiculous. Yeah. Wow. Um, Philip wants to uh, ensure it's Pat Bamford. Says, a hero does something out of the ordinary, something no mere mortal could do, let alone attempt. So it has to be Bamf's for that goal. He may never ever score anything remotely as good again, but he doesn't have to because he's done it now. Still, should have taken the island call when he had the chance, if you ask me. <laughs> Still could. Could, could he? he? Didn't he play for it? Wasn't it a friendly played? No, you played. Oh, it, you was played compet- it was. It was. It was. I yeah. forget. Was it? Yeah, it was against someone's shit, wasn't it? But it Andorra, was a real it was game, a, wasn't it? Andorra. The dreams over. Ah, that's a shame. Yeah. I, I've written about Bamford for the blog this week, and I'd mentioned him turning down a 
Republic of Ireland call-up when he was like an injured championship striker. I think at that point he'd scored more goals in League One than he had the Premier League. But I remember thinking at the time, he's turned it down because he does genuinely believe he can play for England. And mm-hmm. I think that is, I do admire just his self-belief because let's face it, there's been a lot of times at Leeds where no one has had any belief in him. But he still just seems the most, have the most bulletproof confidence. Like the fact he's still taking penalties and the fact he's launching podcasts and bleaching his air and scoring fucking wonder goals. You think... Fair play, Pat. I wish I had your confidence. He's a strange character, isn't he, Bamford? He's not, he's not a typical footballer, is he, I suppose, in a lot of ways. The, the, um, the kind of... All right, Sean Dyche. <laughs> Are you going to hound him out for turning up with his dad and playing his violin? I think it was nice that he turned up with his dad. Hmm. I think it's nice when... Um, I, I always enjoy like the youth team photos when there's like someone's brought clearly like mum, dad, brother, sister, and they're all dressed up nice and smart because yeah. like, their, their kid's signing his, his pro terms at Leeds. I always think, ah... That's nice, nice, isn't it? Yeah. Whereas Dyche is like, fucking hell. What would he say? Pathetic. <laughs> <laughs> Get a fucking boss. <laughs> I suspect Pat Bamford's time at Leeds will be viewed more favourably when we're a few years down the line and maybe he's either finished or whatever. Because he's, he's goes back to the Premier League this year. Indeed. But he's, he's, a, he's a dead amiable character, isn't he? Like, and the humility that he showed after scoring that goal and saying, well, look, you know, it doesn't count for anything more than a tap-in. Uh, it's got the same value yeah, as that. But, but <laughs> yeah, it does. But having the humility to say that and just show people that you're grounded with it rather than going, yeah, fucking I agree. You said that though and go, I don't mean it. <laughs> I don't mean it because you saw that goal. But it's true, isn't it? And, it? and it does speak to his character. And I think he's he's an interesting, If yeah, he's, he's got a complexity about him, hasn't he? And, the, and his relationship to the crowd, which is often, it's often quite reductive, isn't it? The relationship that a crowd has with footballers because when you're trying to express an emotion en masse, it, it might take the form of booing or cheering or singing mm. someone's name and you can't ever say look we really like that goal and the work that you put in but your finishing's let you down on occasion And the know. online stuff has always been very separate mm. from the in-ground stuff it's a bit like ailing in a way because online you can there's lots of people who've been slagging ailing off it, it has never ever turned against him in yeah. Ellen Road as far as I'm aware I don't think anyone's ever booed his appearance there uh, so, there's some, there some little murmurings of it um, really? this, this season they've been yeah some, a little bit yeah yeah. I think the overwhelming thing, though, is usually support like Bamford whenever he's appeared at Ellen Road. Even if he's just warming up, his name gets sung. Same mm. with Luke Halen. Like, he did also get sung when Joel Perot was about to take a penalty, which was... A... <laughs> <laughs> that was a bit off. We, we can all laugh at it now. We're all friends, aren't we? We're all exactly. friends. But yeah, I, I feel like he's, he's got to be the shooting for this. I mean, I feel like it is him. But we should probably say Ampadu as well, because, I mean, he's got he's got one career goal in over 200 appearances before that. Yeah. Then he scores. True, yeah. Then he scores two. Yeah, but I mean, you can say if you could. I know you can say if not now, when for Pat is Ethan Ampadu ever going to score two goals in a game again? No, but but he's been (laughs) but he's been usurped by Bamford's finish. Yeah, yeah. Ampadu's goals and a nodded nodded corner and just putting it away from another corner. You kind of go, well, yeah, fair enough. They're They're not not worth the same, are they? Even if you add them up, no, that's wrong. (laughs) It was a one and a half goal win. Because yeah. they were worth so little, those goals, I'm afraid, Ethan. In years to come, it's the it's the Bamford moment you'll remember. It's the one that'll still get the, the video plays, you know, isn't it? So sorry, Ethan. I mean, because TJ does say, if not now, then when, as you just mentioned. But sadly, it can't be, can it? We can only, we can only crown one. We can give him a formal commendation mm. for being our new hotshot goal-scoring midfielder. But I think it's got to be, it's got to be Bamford, hasn't it? And we say this without even talking about Luke Ayling's role in this, but I guess we're, I was saying there's a lifetime achievement award there in the wings waiting. Yeah, definitely. Pat Bamford? Pat Bamford. Yeah, of course it is. Pat Bamford, congratulations. There was a a doff of the cap, actually. Uh, Mel nominated Katongo, who was apparently there. 
their right back. I don't know the names of their players. I'm not bothered. These League One chumps. Poxy League One bastards they are. Um, <laughs> but uh, for his reaction to, to Bamford's goal, his visible shock and hands covering his mouth in yeah. disbelief. There's a little bit was, well, the, was the cherry on top. Willie Nonto as well, Archie Gray. Firpo was doing it. Doffs to the cap for that moment. Anthony was doing it as well. I do think if you're Bamford, you must be thinking, all right, let's go. <laughs> do this all the time in my head. <laughs> right, that wraps up the weekly show. Then congratulations, Pat Bamford, for being our hero of the week. And Luke Ayling, we love you. Go find the uh, the Luke Ayling show that we've done this week as a special. It's not a tribute, but it's... Uh, what's the song? The tribute song that Tenacious D sang? It's called Tribute. Yeah. How does it go? <laughs> I just had a little echo of that in my mind. Do you want me to actually sing? Yeah, I want you to. This is not the greatest song in the world. No. It's just a tribute. <laughs> there you go. One. Yeah. So he's not the greatest fullback in the world. It's just a tribute. He was for a few years. He was for a few years. Cheers, Luke Link. Cheers for joining us on this week's show. We'll catch up with you next week. We've obviously got the match ball coming up after Cardiff. Member shout this weekend when we'll talk about right backs as well, including Gary Kelly and oh Rasmus as well. That was good fun, wasn't it? Yeah. <laughs> what a player. Oh, oh wow. We'll catch you in a bit. The Square Ball Podcast. 